Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Lots to talk about on today's show. Uh, Currently, the players uh, is going on, and that's what I've got on my TV. Trevor, I know you're a big golf guy. Are you tuned in? No. <laughs> Tiger struggling a bit. I thought the Masters already happened. It's not the Masters, it's the players. Oh, then I don't care. Well, it's uh, it's it's golf and it's a pretty big tournament. There's uh, all the big names playing in it. Why, why, why would we dare talk about sports today? I mean, why, why or any day for that matter. You just want to get to the main event, don't you? <laughs> you know me, I'm a main event guy. Today is... Throwback Thursday. It seems like we haven't done a Thursday show in a few weeks. So we will be doing our Throwback Thursday trivia contest, which, Trevor, eventually I'd like to open up to some of the listeners. Uh, we Again, I don't have any prizes. Is there anything in the in the studio you can give away? What happened to that that creepy sports coat you made me wear that one time? We do have that still, the, uh, the blue leisure coat that, that is a picture of you wearing in the uh, podcast uh, picture. Yeah, That's, that one. That, we do have that still. Uh, I can do an autograph picture of myself. Uh, we do have uh, maybe some koozies and some uh, might have some t-shirts sitting around here somewhere. We get we give something away. We give uh, I'll buy them lunch at a fast food restaurant. Well, if somebody if somebody wants to call in and play, uh, we're we're still in the testing phases of this game to find out it to make it better. Uh, this this game today is going to be pretty tough. Um, not sure exactly what what se- I guess I guess we probably want to do it maybe late in the second segment. I don't know. Uh, I would, I'd still- say top maybe of the uh, five o'clock hour. Give this the long segment. Okay, that sounds good. Um, although the game's going to go by pretty short, it's not. It's going to be a, pr- a quick game. And also this one, uh, this one might be too tough. I don't think Trevor. I know you wouldn't be able to get it. I don't know if I don't know if maybe some UK fans would be able to get it. If the some older UK fans might be able to get it, that's the only hint I'll give. Oh, you're going way back then. Okay, well you're going. No, in no, my no, 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 not necessarily way back. I'm not going to give any hints. You know, I'm not saying I'm going in the 20s, but it's not in the past. It's not in the past decade. I can tell you that much. So, and remember, I'm I'm this I'm young as could be, Trevor. I've got my whole life ahead of me. So old to me could be anything. Your whole life, uh, opposed to me, whose entire life has already passed him by. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't say it. My best years, my, my I've already seen my Bruce Springsteen glory days. Is what you're telling me? I, I again, I didn't say that. Well, I'm just saying. I'm at the point in my life where I'm one of those guys wearing my Letterman jacket around the bar, talking about those times when I used to be good in sports and <laughs> how I used to dominate high school. Was Was there a time that that happened? No, but I would tell people that. Okay. Um... If dominating yeah, is that, that, the, defi- the definition of dominating, sitting at the weirdo table and uh, eating lunch by yourself, then yeah, it, it's 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 going to be a tough throwback Thursday. I think the last one we did was two thousand or something, and you know that two thousand ten, two thousand ten. No, it was two thousand eight. I think uh, that one that one was a little easier. This one won't be as easy. Uh, but if you if you want to call in and play again, we're still trying to figure this stuff out. Captain Arctic's not happy about the age discussion going on here. Uh, I have nothing, nothing against you. Nothing. To, oh, oh, this is some breaking news and, and something that came up today. I, we'll leave the age stuff here for a second, but this is actually huge. Uh, Caleb Swanigan has decommitted from, from Michigan state. Ooh, that is big. And that's a guy that I really, really liked. Uh, Jeff Goodman's hearing that Purdue is a very strong landing spot. Now this is strange. Uh, almost strange enough, Trevor. Where like I would maybe have to get off the fo- get off the radio and hit the phone lines. We'll have to see. I'm gonna probably have to spend the commercial breaks at least. Now let's keep in mind, and, and we I love Jeff Goodman as much as the next guy or Mrs. Goodman does. But he did all he did guarantee uh, Swanigan was a California all but done when he signed with Michigan State. So let's he may be getting fed some wrong information somewhere in that, in that party. Well, I I I, I don't. Doubt that he decommitted for Michigan State because no, I don't mean one, I meant the Purdue thing. I'm sorry. Oh, the the Purdue thing, maybe, maybe not. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but 
this is significant uh, because he hadn't signed for, for Michigan State. Nobody really knows why he didn't sign. He committed, seems like two, maybe two two months ago. Maybe a month. I guess maybe it was just a month ago. Hadn't been that long. It wasn't. It wasn't that long. You're right. Um, but and you're right. Everybody thought he was going to go to California. Surprised a lot of people. Picked Michigan State, but never officially signed. Now he's back on the market. That could be absolutely huge for Kentucky. That could be everything Kentucky needs in terms of a bruising center because that's that's really the one thing they don't have. Scalabissier will be one of the better players in college basketball next year, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to stick his back and, and butt into somebody and take them where he wants to go, uh, much like Carl Anthony Towns was able to do and Dakari Johnson was able to do at least his freshman season. Uh Kentucky might not have that type of player. Caleb Swanigan would be that best player. Uh, he's the best rebounder in high school basketball. I don't know if Kentucky's going to get involved. I don't know if Kentucky is involved. I don't know if he's interested in Kentucky. I don't know if he decommitted because Kentucky has missed on so many guys. Maybe he originally didn't pick Kentucky because he thought they were going to get Zimmerman or they were going to get Thon Maker or they were going to get this guy or that guy. But now he's back on the market. If I'm John Calipari... I'm driving up to Homestead, Indiana, and and banging on this dude's door. I'm I'm assuming I would hope that Calipari's already in his front lawn, and just in expectations because you just nailed it. This is the one thing Kentucky needs. I mean, yes, they would love to add more and more big name recruits, but even big name or not, this UK team needs a big guy to rotate on the front line. Even if it's a grad transfer like the Thorn kid out in Charlotte, who may be average at best, you need a big body because if. Scott Bisse was getting foul trouble or academic trouble in some way. We, I know you don't want to hear that, but it's still a possibility. You lose him, your front line goes to second-round quality in terms of possible depth, especially, especially in depth. You need a big body to rotate in there to avoid foul trouble and just to get deeper in the tournament. That's You're right. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Now, I think in a pinch, Marcus Lee could guard a five if it was uh, – a Jaleel Locafor type five, then no. Then uh, after Lee, Lee. Poitras, and then after Poitras. Well, well, yeah. well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I, I get what your point is. Kentucky's not going to have a, a large margin for error on the front line. Now, if you, again, I think Alex Poitras is going to play majority of the four, and I think that's okay because I think that's what he's going, I think that's what he's best at at the college game. But if, if Marcus Lee had to play five and Alex Poitras the four, I, I think that's okay. Uh, but but you're right. If if somebody gets injured and then somebody gets in foul trouble, this and that, and then you have to have Alex Poitras in some crazy world play the five, yeah, that's not good. Is there a coincidence this uh, decommitment comes less than uh, 24 hours after the no platoon uh, letter released by Cal Perry? Mm, no, no. I, I, I was that his, I was that his basically is under the weather under the radar way of saying to Caleb, hey, I'm not learning platoons anymore. You want to de- anybody wants to decommit? Wink, wink, wink. You know I'm not going to platoon you. You're going to get major minutes here if you come here, especially if you happen to be a six eight two seventy five. Well, it's 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 significant. I don't think John Calipari knew, but maybe he did. Maybe maybe you know this is one of those things where what if he ended up committing to Kentucky and then it turned into this big thing where John Calipari did release that letter to assure him, hey. Uh, if you come in, I'm backing off Thonmaker. I'm backing off. I, I'm not signing another big guy. It's going to be you three, Marcus Lee, Scalabissier, Swanigan. Uh, we could play Swanigan at the five, Labissier at the four, have Marcus Lee come off the bench. You know, maybe he did. I doubt it. I think that was more of just a, uh, addressing 2016 recruits and, and maybe Jamal Murray. I don't think he had some intel telling him that he was going that Caleb Swanigan was shortly going to decommit, um, and then again Jeff Goodman hearing that Swanigan could be strongly considering Purdue for a landing spot. Which hey, if he went to Purdue, this kind of falls in line where with and 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 you got to remember Caleb Swanigan's Mister Basketball in Indiana, but you got to remember. We talked about how UNC was the big winner from this recruiting class, despite only getting one, one decent player. Uh, that would even further that Michigan State w- was a Final Four team last year, and they did lose some key pieces. But you slide Caleb Swanigan in there with a lot of returning pieces. They're 
probably a top five, if not a top ten team, Trevor. You take away Swanigan, that's a huge blow, and, and you do take away Swanigan. He's gone now. Uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna recommit to Michigan State this late in the game. Now that kind of spreads out the pool even more so, especially if you were to go to Purdue. And and if I'm not mistaken, I might be incorrect. You're more recruiting guy, even though my history goes back a little farther. This may be one of the bigger recruits Purdue could get. It's probably Big Dog Glenn Robinson. I mean, that would that would be your ballpark, uh, Purdue. I know I Indiana. It, it, the state of Indiana has been producing some unbelievable talent uh, lately, but even the past ten to fifteen years, and Purdue doesn't have much to show for it. Even Indiana is kind of for it being the caliber of program that it is isn't really connecting on all the great players that come out of Indiana. Uh, so this would be absolutely huge for Purdue and Matt Painter and make that Indiana-Purdue rivalry even that sexier uh, heading into next season. Remind me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen it, but I don't believe it. Did A.J. Hammonds declare or did he come back? I want to say he came back, but Is I'm it, not 100 He comes think. back with Isaac Haas coming back the other 7'2", and you put Caleb Swanigan. I mean, their front line was pretty intimidating to begin with last year, and even though it showed that their backcourt was so bad, it, it was effective against Cincinnati since they was able to beat them. But that's a pretty damn good front line with two seven-footers and a six-eight McDonald's All-American freshman right there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is coming back. That uh, You're right about that. And that was a uh, – Purdue played Cincinnati in that opening round game in the Yump Center, and the winner took on Kentucky. And I know a lot of Kentucky fans were preferring – uh, were, wanted to play Cincinnati because that Purdue front line would at least be something that Kentucky hadn't seen all season. Uh, it, obviously, Purdue's front line not as talented as UK's front line last season, but size-wise, they matched up. So that would be, if you were to go to Purdue, uh, you'd probably have to put Purdue in the top top 25. Get a borderline, borderline top 25. I don't know. Where would you rank them amongst the maybe at least let's start with the Big Ten though? I mean they're not ahead of Wisconsin, I would doubt. Uh, well, I mean, well, 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 now Wisconsin did lose a lot though. Wisconsin lost their two best players. I, I don't. I would probably. I I don't think you could confidently say that Wisconsin would be better than Purdue next season it, with uh, with the addition of Caleb Swanigan. Well, let me rephrase that, and I said Wisconsin because I had Diamond Stone's name in my mind, but then I realized as I said it, he went to Maryland, so I will I'll replace Wisconsin with Maryland. Are they better than IU then? Well, here let's. No, they're not better than IU with Caleb Swanigan. Although yeah, didn't they have Purdue, no guard swept, play. Purdue swept them last year? Yeah, but that's because of the size thing, and we know Indiana can't out rebound a, a YMCA team half the time. But again, again, we we I'm high on Indiana because I like teams that can score, and now that they are going to still have their scoring factor to them, you add in uh, you add in Thomas Bryant, who's going to help them rebound. But let's not act like just one big guy is going to solve all of Indiana's issues. It's going to drastically help. But again, what if what if Thomas Bryant gets in foul trouble, Trevor? What if he were to get injured? Yeah, but they have a better they have an experienced backcourt that can produce. I mean, if you lose Thomas Bryant and you're Indiana, you kind of you're just in you're just basically in the same spot you were as Indiana last year, which is in a bad spot. Not a great spot, but not a bad spot. But that's a team that got beat by Purdue twice. Yeah. And again, I don't. It, it, certainly, if you stick Caleb Swanigan in this Purdue lineup, that's going to be a team that might have Indiana's number again. I don't know. Uh, that would be a, that would be you're 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 spot on. That front court would be unbelievable and one of the better, if not the best, in college basketball. I'm, I'm wondering is California back alive in this search, or is the Ivan Rab commitment kind of keeping Caleb away from there? Going okay, I don't want to go there when they already have one big guy. But then again. He's thinking about going to a school with two seven-footers, but they would play center. He would play power forward, I guess. Well, California, well, you could you could definitely make it work in California, and then you have this big three that, to me, and I know a lot of recruiting guys aren't as high on Caleb Swanigan as maybe I am, but that big three in terms of freshmen would be, I mean, it would be as good as some of Kentucky's big three classes. Uh, maybe 2012 with Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Marcus Teague. Uh, it, you know, it'd be in the same conversation at least. It's So I don't know if he's going to go to California or not. I don't even know if Kentucky's interested. Right now, Trevor, I probably should be on the phones or at least texting some people. Uh, but I'm 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 doing I'm doing radio, so I'm kind of in the dark like everybody else is. Although I was monitoring this situation because 
why else would you not sign an LOI unless you were thinking about possibly doing this? Well, no, the Kentucky, what was the, uh, they had a couple players. Was it the 11 class, I think? Was it uh, Brandon Knight that didn't want to sign an LOI at all? Am, am I thinking correctly on that? Didn't Kentucky have a couple recruits in the early Calipari days that kind of stayed away from signing the LOI? And well, they signed just, finan- financial aid agreements, which isn't binding to a school and yeah. would allow you to do that, but it, it is at least committing and putting you know your name in ink saying, hey, I'm going to go there. Again, they're different, and everybody should probably sign a financial aid agreement and not an LOI, but he signed nothing. He didn't sign anything. He did apparently sign a roommate agreement with an ex-Purdue football player, which I can't imagine how that's uh, going to make Tom Izzo very happy. That is. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know how you get to become a roommate with a former Purdue football player, but when you're a high school kid, it means the guy's so, like six years older than you. So I had some stuff that we were going to talk about today, but this Caleb Swanigan news kind of pushes all that back. We're still going to have our Throwback Thursday trivia game, uh, but now we've got some developing news on Caleb Swanigan, which would push UK's class to number one, in my opinion. I, I think probably in anybody's opinion. You had another bona fide five-star. I don't know how you could make a case against that. It would give UK exactly what it needed, another big guy. Well, I guess that's kind of debatable of what exactly UK needs. You could say UK needs another score, or you could say UK needs another big guy, another big body. Either one of those, I think, would drastically help UK heading into next season. Um, I know a lot of Kentucky fans aren't thrilled about the idea of Alex Poitras playing on the wing. I, I think he's more suited for the four, but I think he can. So if you could have a lineup that would be hypothetically... And again, it's probably, UK fans aren't going to like to hear this, but it's probably unlikely that he ends up at Kentucky. If Jeff Goodman's hearing Purdue, he's probably, and he broke the the decommitment story to begin with, he's probably in the know at least slightly. Now, if you can get Calipari in his ear and you can get UK guys talking to him, maybe that changes stuff. But it's probably unlikely he ends up at UK this late in the game. But let's play a little hypothetical. If he were to go to UK and you had a starting lineup of Tyler Eulis, Isaiah Briscoe, Alex Poitras at the three. Maybe not the ideal fit, but certainly athletic, unbelievably talented. You want him on the floor. Scalabissier at the four or Caleb Swanigan at the four. You Pretty interchangeable with those two. That's the best starting five in the country. I'd almost not even start Poitras because of his versatility at the three and four off the bench. I'd, I'd almost want to use him off the bench. Well, that's, and start Mulder to three and kind of go with a more three-guard rotation with Swanigan and, and Scalabisi at the four and five. Well, that would be the that would be the that'd be the that'd be the question. Do you do that? Do you do you go more guard oriented, have a three-point shooter out there? Maybe you, you certainly lose a little something on defense and you lose a little something on rebounding, or do you bring Poitras in and you lose a little offense, but defensively you're much better. Uh, and, and you're getting the better athlete of the bunch. It kind of depends on on what we get from Mulder. We don't know exactly how he's going to translate to high uh, Division One basketball. If he can hold his own, then you might be right, Trevor. I think you probably maybe do put the shooter in there, and then you bring Poitras and Lee off the bench. Unless that's not, team, or, that, that's not Mulder start Matthews, maybe your favorite guy that we almost keep forgetting about again. Not my not again. <laughs> not my favorite guy, but I, I think people are sleeping on him. Yeah. And I think he can make a very significant impact. Maybe. You, you never know. Again, I think he's going to be one of the better defenders on the team outside of maybe Ulyss and Alex Poitras. If if with, with Kentucky's lack of depth compared to last year to this year, I would almost want as much versatility off my bench guys if I'm Calipari than I do my starters. Well, let's play the hypothetical. Again, let's continue yeah. this hypothetical. Uh, you have a starting lineup. Let's just well, let's not debate this up to this point. But let's just say it's Ulyss, Briscoe, Poitras, Swanigan, and Labissier. Okay. Then off the bench, you're bringing Mulder, Marcus Lee, and Charles Matthews, and then maybe Dominique Hawkins, but at least those three. So you're playing an eight-man rotation of all guys that are at least four stars, most of them five stars. That's, that's at least on the surface, maybe... Maybe as good as I, I, almost any other John Calipari team. 
And you don't need more than eight guy rotation, barring injuries no. or you know circumstances in a specific game that has extensive foul trouble. Eight guys is more than enough to rotate through in a, in, for for a lineup. It's that would and John Calipari said in his big letter yesterday that he 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 wants to get back to six seven and eight man rotations that he's so used to. He mentioned at UMass he only had a five guy lineup. I guess you wouldn't call it a rotation. That, that, that wasn't by choice. That was by probably the, it was the only option he had though at UMass. Well, it worked though. <laughs> it did. Uh, but anyways, we're gonna head to commercial break here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. A little breaking news Thursday. So stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Brick killed a guy. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. Presented by Allen Electric. Brick, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while because you're probably wanted for murder. We're back here, second on 14.50, the sports buzz of breaking news Thursday as Caleb Swanigan announces he will not play for Tom Izzo and Michigan State. Uh, Trevor, you, you gave me a little longer on the break, which I appreciate, uh, to try to work the phones. I made some calls uh, primarily to people close to Caleb Swanigan. Not surprising, nobody's really talking right now because everything did just unfold. I wouldn't even be Super surprised if some people around very close to Swanigan knew that the news was going to break. I uh, sent out some text messages, and the only thing I learned is that it's not surprising that he ultimately did this, that he ultimately decommitted. A lot of people thought it might happen, could happen. I guess maybe it would be a bit of a surprise that he finally pulled the trigger on it. Uh, but there were a lot of whispers that this were that, that, that this was going to happen. And like we mentioned in the first segment, maybe we should have... Uh, seeing the writing on the wall, Trevor, with him not signing anything. Now he's uh, open, open to any other schools. He was strongly considering Cal, seemed to be a Cal lean. When he did commit, though, you got to remember, this seemed this was when Steven Zimmerman seemed very likely to Kentucky. This is when the Thon Maker drama wasn't as significant as it was right now. It didn't seem, it, it seemed that he was going to be able to reclassify no problem. Kentucky was also in a solid spot with Czech Diallo. Things were looking like Kentucky had had their big guys. I, I don't even know if Ivan Rabb was 100% committed to California at the time, uh, but it seemed that Kentucky had their big guys keyed in on. Caleb Swanigan wasn't one of those bigs, and sure enough, he wasn't necessarily down to just, he wasn't strongly considering Kentucky when he committed. He was down to California and Michigan State, it seemed like. But, as you have it, now he's back on the market. Kentucky struck out on everybody, but especially all its bigs. And we'll see if John Calipari can get in his ear. This is the wide, uh, the wild world of recruiting, Trevor. Would you have preferred, if you had had your choice between Swanigan Zimmerman and I don't want to say Maker because I think you'll take Maker. I'm trying to think of another big man. Oh, let's see the the Thorn kid out of Charlotte. If in a perfect world, who would have been the best? Who would be the best fit to add as the last piece to the next year's Kentucky Wildcats? As a as a out of who? If all, if the three were still available, Swanigan, Zimmerman, and Thorn, the the transfer out of Charlotte. So just the big guys. The big guys, yes. Because obviously, you know, in my mind, I feel that's the one thing they definitely need more than any kind of extra perimeter player, even though an extra nice perimeter four-star guy wouldn't hurt. Well, you know, you might as well throw Thomas Bryant back in that mix as well. Uh, if you had but those I thought they four, stopped recruiting him a long time ago, didn't well, they? Well, they 
they stopped contacting him uh, had they known that, but they weren't really blowing up Swanigan's phone either. I, I think that they thought that they were going to get Zimmerman. That's who they had the best chance at landing, and so that's who they decided to key in on. They weren't blowing up Swanigan's full phone there the last few weeks as well. Uh, but if, if you if you want to narrow it down to Thorne, Zimmerman, and Swanigan, Swanigan's the most talented player out of that bunch. Uh, yeah, he's not he's not rated higher than Zimmerman, but I, I like the things he he's a better rebounder, he's a better post scorer. Uh, he can't spread the floor like Zimmerman, but you've got Labissier there to spread the floor. You don't need a big guy that's going to be able to step out and necessarily hit a fifteen footer. Swanigan's okay. Swanigan's got a decent shot, but this is a guy that every time I saw him in, in his high school games, hey, you were a little different. Every time I saw him in a high school game, Trevor, he was double teamed, but most of the time probably triple teamed. And he was still able to put up big numbers. I don't know he's a big guy. Mr. Basketball in Indiana, super powerful, uh, very, very strong. And again, like I said, best rebounder in high school basketball. Uh, he was one of my, it was probably him and Thomas Bryan in terms of my favorite big men in the class. Uh, and now he is back on the market. So we'll monitor this situation. We're not going to talk about uh, Swanigan the entire show, although this is big news. So we'll keep an eye on it if anything happens, if I uh, get any text back. I will keep you all updated and keep you all posted. By the way, if they do, if Purdue does land him, he'll be the first McDonald's All-American they've received since 1996, which was Michael Robinson. Before that was 1991, Glenn Robinson. And that's uh, that's interesting. That's a fun fact. And they and, and as far back as 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 your uh, your employer goes, they've never had a five star recruit. Several four stars, including AJ Hammond, but never a five star. So that's. No five stars. It's, well, it only, only goes back as 2002. Rivals does. That's unbelievable. And, I, I, and my I, Google I, searching ability is not the expertise of one of Yates, but uh, I have not found any five-star recruits listed to ever sign with Purdue. Through Google and Google. I know that... Unless Good that, Robinson was, but I can't find a star rating on him from 1991. I, I know that Purdue isn't a powerhouse when it comes to basketball, but there are a lot of Purdue fans that take basketball very seriously. They they hate Indiana. They they're they're fully involved in that rivalry. That would be big for them. That would generate a, a buzz that they probably haven't seen in West Lafayette since what was their highest seed with 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 Robbie Hummel? They get a two seed or no? I don't think they were ever that high seed. Hummel was never healthy long enough to have a play, full play, full season probably to get him a high seed. They were a one seed uh, with under Gene Cady in the mid '90s with that Michael Robinson team. They lost in the second round to Tubby Smith's Georgia Bulldogs, uh, and they lost in the Elite Eight in '94 to Duke with Glenn Robinson. They lost to the Grant Hill Duke team that ended up losing in the title game. I can't think other than that. The only other time that comes to my mind is their Final Four appearance in 1980, which they lost to, to UCLA, who ended up losing to Louisville. That's all. I, I I can't imagine how Michigan State fans are feeling right now. Hey, they had the number I, one pick on that team, Joe Barry Carroll, JBC, also known as Just Barely Cares. Thank you, Trevor. You're welcome. You've, you've got a Michigan State team that is just, uh, without a doubt, probably a top ten team, right up there with Maryland in terms of front runners to win the Big Ten, and now just a, a very significant blow. And it's kind of funny to me in a sense because Tom Izzo hates one and dones. He any chance he he has to talk about it, he does. And he finally gets probably a one and done player in Swanigan, and then he loses him. He loses him in May when you know they're probably talking to Swanigan and his parents and his his guardian about when are you going to move up to East Lansing? We've got to enroll you in some summer classes, and then he decommits this late in the game. That's a pretty quick one and done. Yeah, that's the quickest. He actually one, spent less time on campus than uh, Zach Randolph did. One month, one month and done. I think is probably the best way to put it. Captain Arctic wants me to comment on uh, Ennis transferring from Villanova to Oregon and what that does for Jamal Murray. Uh, it it doesn't help him. Dylan Ennis transferred, graduate transfer, pretty good player for for Villanova. 
transfers and commits to Oregon. He's a guard. So what does that do for, again, Jamal Murray, the player out of Canada that Kentucky is so very high on and should be as he's an unbelievably good player? It doesn't help Oregon's chances, but I don't think this kills them. Uh, it, it could certainly help Kentucky. could help put UK in a better position. Y- you have to imagine Oregon was recruiting against Kentucky saying, they've already got Tyler Ulis. They've already got Isaiah Briscoe. They also have Charles Matthews, who they signed a very long time ago. They signed Michael Mulder. Why do you think they did that if they wanted to add, if they didn't think that he was going to get some playing time? And they also have Dominic Hawkins, who's going to be an older guy with experience. That's five guards. Well, now at least Kentucky can, they could fight back from that very easily and say, you're better than all those guys with the exception of maybe Ulyss and Briscoe and we could play you three and be fine, not worry about the other guys. But now Kentucky can say, well, look, they just added a very talented player too. Uh, they added a very talented guard. They don't have quite maybe the logjam that we have here, but it's Oregon. You're going to go there and maybe make the NCAA tournament, and then it'd be a dream season if you made the Sweet 16. At Kentucky, you're playing for a national title. We know how good you are. We can slide you in at the three, have you all just really play one, two, and three, with the exception of Euless probably isn't going to you know, theoretically play on the wing, but we know how John Calipari's offense works. If it's not running, then the half-court set, the one through three, is generally interchangeable. So I don't think this kills Oregon. I don't think it makes UK's chances significantly better, but I think it probably slightly helps UK and slightly hurts Oregon, and that's really the extent of of him committing, of Tyler Ennis committing to to Oregon. Kind of strange he he decided to leave Villanova. Again, I, I'm sure this probably happens a lot, Trevor, and it's just once you're in the moment, you kind of realize it. But so many so many missing pieces, so many question marks heading into next year's college basketball season when it seems that at this point of the year, you should be talking about lineups and rotations instead of who's going to who's going to go where. I mean, we are in getting close to the middle of May. We're a week away from the middle of May. And if I'm if I'm Oregon though to, to kind of go back and by the way Tyler Ennis I think already went to Syracuse and has played for the plays for the Suns now. Uh, Dylan I'm, Ennis, yeah, exactly. And I, I decided to call you out on that because I don't get many chances. To I said Dylan Ennis originally. Did you I slip back Tyler Ennis you, you later? You back. I do it all the time though, so I didn't want to point it out, but I figured what the hell. Well, thank uh, you. If I'm Oregon, you you got you got three things to to, to 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 defend against Kentucky in terms of recruiting. One. You're going to get tons of shot here because Joseph Young's 30 shots was he took last year are gone, and now they're available. Two, Nike. And three, did I mention Nike? That's it. And I shut the door. Dana Altman walks out, drops the mic. Yeah, but then you'd say Nike is also, when it comes to basketball, Kentucky is the organ of football. Yeah, but if you're a stud with us, the alma mater of the man who runs Nike, you're going to get a little bit of uh, a little bit more look from him than you are. Maybe oh, so else. what if if he goes to Kentucky and, and represents Nike there? That won't be good enough when he's actually playing on ESPN. You take, or- of, you take Oregon to Elite of- Eight, uh, Ray Knights. I think it was that his name, Ray Knight. He's going to love you a little more than he would for it's a guy. Phil Knight. Phil Knight, whatever. And, Ray Knight. That's the guy who played baseball. And no, I, I you could almost I, I I get that you probably. Okay, I get that Oregon and Nike probably a better connection than Kentucky and Nike, but you're gonna play at Oregon representing Nike uh, on at midnight Eastern time on Fox Sports that nobody's watching. Best case scenario, you're playing at eleven o'clock when Bill Walton is hey, get to meet Bill hit, Walton taking hits out of a bong on the sideline, and that's the only reason why people are watching that game anyways. Another reason, it's, if you like marijuana, we're Oregon. We're right there on the border of British Columbia where it's legal. Well, okay, we're, we're getting out of hand. I am not connecting Jamal Murray to wanting to go somewhere uh, with with marijuana. Uh, we, need to take, we need to take a commercial break. It all break. comes down to what Jamal Murray wants. If you want a guy that wants to be like a Joseph Young and wants to take a ton of shots, he goes to Oregon. If he wants to win, better chance of winning and be a team guy, he goes to Kentucky. It's all about who the kid is, really. Well, his dad's kind of had some... Cl- conflicting quotes he's he said that he wants to have the ball in his hand and play point guard but he wants to compete for a national title (laughs) you're not competing for a national title at Oregon but you're also probably not having the ball in your hands the entire game at Kentucky you'll get it plenty I'm sure but not the entire game we'll see we need to head to commercial break 
Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Did you use the stuff with the tiny scrubbing bubbles? They clean the bowl so you don't have to. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker, presented by Allen Electric. I was hoping, Trevor, that you were going to throw in the little, but yeah, I did at the end of that quote. <laughs> now he goes, uh, no, I didn't. No, I thought he said, yeah, I'm pretty sure he says, yeah, he did. No, he says, no, I didn't. You sure? I'm almost positive. I'm big, big Joe Dirt fan. I have to give me the uh, you, you might, you might be right. Uh, this is a, I, I, I guess, more that I think about, you're probably right. <laughs> you got to remember, I'm the one, I'm the one with no life and no girlfriend. So I, well, I there's odds are I probably have a better chance at seeing a movie more times and having the lines memorized more often. Well, we, I, I just watched it on Sunday, so Did you? I would hope that I would be. It was on. It was a great TV Sunday. Remember. Uh, but is that one I, of the movies you're almost dreading for the sequel? I mean, it's almost been so long. It's like, I are feel they like making a sequel? They are. They are going to make a sequel. I didn't know that. Super Troopers was on last night. They're making a sequel of that, aren't they? Yeah. I love how they didn't even get funding. They were able to get like, what, $10 million donated to make a movie? Like, 10 million people were, people could donate 10 million. We, they could find $10 million. I need to figure out this whole donating site thing that I keep hearing about that I don't know anything about. The fund me sites. I need. Yeah, I need to get on there. Clearly, well, clearly, people just want money to throw away and make it rain. Well, it's uh, it's Super Troopers. I want to see Super Troopers as much as the next guy, but I'm paying eighteen dollars at the movie theater to see it. I'm not going to donate you five hundred dollars so you can make a movie. If so, I want my money back if it's profitable. I funded money to the 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 UK UVO rivalry movie. No, nah, I would have done that. I didn't, did you ever I see didn't that? Do, I did, actually, I have not, and I'm very disappointed in myself because I was looking forward to it. I saw it was in theaters a couple months ago here locally, and I missed the dates, and I still have not seen it, but I really want to. It's, I think it leans a little red. Well, uh, now I really want to see it. <laughs> in, my, in my humble opinion. Hey, hey Adam, at Lefko, is he, like me, a diehard Eagles fan, so I, I, I trust his taste. He also leaned a little bit red, so... Uh, that doesn't doesn't necessarily, but it's still good. I still enjoyed it. Um, I, I I can't remember how much money I donated, but it wasn't a lot. It it certainly wasn't into three figures. But they sent me a ton of stuff, and that's how the that's what those fund me things do. Is you've got to give away rewards or presents, this and that. Yeah. I got like a T-shirt, a bumper sticker. I got the DVD when it came out. Uh, this and that, all the. All the works. Now, yeah, if you if you donate, I think I read on for Super Troopers too. If if like you could donate ten thousand dollars and get a uh, a, a role as just like a stand-in, just a, an extra. No uglies allowed, of course, if it's entourage rules. Or if you donated, you know, like fifty thousand, you could actually have a line in the movie. I think there was some ab- absurd amount of money you could actually get the cop car that they used in the movie if you donate. Yeah, that's that much money. that's that's what they that's what a lot of them do in in the the red and blue uh, movie documentary. They also had, if you paid $10,000, you got to play basketball with the former UK great or UofL great or Joby Hall or Denny Crum or something like that. Probably, I probably wouldn't spend but, that much money on that. But wait that long to come out with a sequel, I, just, I, I, I'm, 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 I get worried. You, you, should, as, you know as better as anybody. You went and saw the second Dumb and Dumber, even though technically that was the third one because they did a prequel years back, which was just as bad as I'm sure the, the one that just came out recently was. Just some. Sometimes I just wish they don't. It's like Hangover. I, lo- I liked Hangover. Hangover Two. I mean, it, it was okay, I guess, since it was the exact same freaking movie. And Hangover Three was just awful. I mean, most sequels just fall flat on their face, especially when it comes to comedy. Well, those the Hangover sequels were they they happened shortly after the yes, original. Yes, they did. Yeah. And 
And I, I, I think if you put Hangover 2 and show that first, it's just as funny as Hangover 1, and everybody feels the same way about Hangover 1 that they did. Well, because it's I, the same movie. Yeah, same. but it's still entertaining. It's still entertaining. Well, because the and, first one was. And speaking of Entourage, we watched two episodes last night, and again, two more episodes in, not a single unattractive person. Are you, are, do, you, do you want to see unattractive people? Ugly, should I say ugly, fugly? What the, I mean, and I want to know what your definition of, of ugly is, maybe. I mean, how high are your standards? It, my standards aren't, aren't high at all. I that's going to make me sound bad. I don't. <laughs> my standards are your normal person standards. That's, uh, it's not anything unreasonable. I don't know. You're, every, you're dating a 10, though. So, I mean, would, would you consider an 8 ugly? No. No. I not at all. I just why it's this isn't something this isn't something new, Trevor. You should be able to pick that up on yourself watching seven or eight seasons of Entourage and know that not one unattractive person is even in the background. I think I was just more thankful to see so many hot looking women that I didn't care that I wasn't seeing any ugly ones, I guess. It's it's un it's unbelievable. And again, I don't you know, it doesn't bother me. Uh, well, obviously it does bother me, so that's a lie. By the way, it, Yates wants to know, how many other girls do you think ha- hang out with a super famous, super rich, good-looking dude anyway? Oh, I, 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 not even that. Well, I'm sure some do, first off. You don't think people have unattractive friends from high school that they've well, grown up Well, that's what Turtle with? is. Let's, let's look at Jennifer Lawrence, who's a, a Louisville native. Yes. Do you not, again, she is very, very beautiful. She's a good-looking person. Yeah. But you don't think she has any friends that maybe aren't, Fives or above? Well, <laughs> to make her look better when she's around them. The, what, no, what's that she, role she called? <laughs> it's it. You don't even need that. It, she doesn't. She doesn't need that for sure. But I'm not even talking that. And also, it's not just who they hang out with or what parties they go to. I understand sometimes you're going to go to parties in in Los Angeles, and I'm sure most of the people there are attractive. But they'll be walking around Hollywood or L.A. or their hometown, and you still just don't see any. Uh, unattractive people walking shopping in the background that's not real life entourage is a good tv show but that is one of its major flaws we'll keep the names out of it for the innocent do you have any friends that are sixes or below fives or below and i don't count by the way let me yeah i'm yeah i'm i'm sure that i do they're great people probably better people than me I'm not saying it's all about looks. I'm not saying if you are look good, then that makes you a better person. I know a lot of good-looking people that are the worst people in the world that I know. Actually, the majority of percentage-wise, bad look or good-looking people are generally worse people, and at least in my experience. Unless they have the as shallow how taught us the ugly duckling I, syndrome. I, I think you're missing the point, Trevor. That I don't care that they don't have. Uh, you know, normal looking people, but it's supposed to be a, 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 a reality, not a reality show, but it's supposed to be real life following a movie star and his, uh, and his crew around in Los Angeles. And it, it just kind of makes it silly that you can't even throw in maybe one overweight person in the background. I don't know. Hey, uh, I agree we, with you, man. Get the fat people some camera time. <laughs> you said it. Uh, we need to head to a commercial break, but remember that, the Sports Soccer is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky Anna's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP, for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. When we come back, Throwback Thursday trivia game. If you'd like to call in, uh, please do so, 502-384-1450. And that is the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. And that's a mouthful. But if you want to play the game, go on and do it. That's what she if said. If not, this is kind of late notice, and we'll just have Trevor do it, and Trevor's not going to be able to get it. So it'll be a good time either way. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back.
the sports talker. Hey guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. With TJ Walker. Well, see you later. On 1450, the sports buzz. We're back here. One final segment on a beautiful but a little warm Thursday for for a May day. Although I don't I don't think I'm going to complain about the weather after the winter we had, Trevor. I'll, I'll take this over 15 degrees and ice and snow any day of the week. With the exception of having no air conditioning in my car, I, I kind of agree with you. Had a kind of a bad day. Thankfully, because of the heat, I usually leave my windows cracked slightly when I get out of the car and come into work to, in the station. And I'm glad I did because today I got here about 2.30. I got here early to get finishing, mixing down the open that we're going to hear here shortly for the game show. And I locked and left my keys in the car when I shut the door as it locked. And thankfully, I had thrown my keys up on my <laughs> dashboard. And you know I don't have the skinniest of arms. A pretty thick arm, but I was able to find a long enough and strong enough tree branch, 30 minutes in, squeeze my arm. There's marks still on my arm from squeezing it in. And getting my keys on the end of the stick and getting my keys to me fishing pole style and was able to uh, unlock my car as well as get into the building because the building was locked as well. Yeah, well, I, I remember the first time I showed up at the 1450 Sports Bus Studio. Uh, I, I don't think I was, I maybe was co-hosting or I, I don't know exactly what I was doing there. Maybe I was just uh, creeping around, I don't know. Uh, but I, 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 I walked right in and I, I couldn't find anybody. Of course, I didn't know where to go, but no door is unlocked. I just walked in and just little old young and innocent me. I was, I was like, hello, anybody here? And I, think, I think eventually you showed up, you walked through the door. I think you might have been smoking a cigarette or something. I would have been out front if that was the case. I was probably hiding back in the studio. It's kind of hard to, uh, if you don't know where you're going, and I don't hear when I have a headset on, especially if I'm doing audio work, I don't hear anybody really come in and out, which is one yeah, of the reasons I, why I locked the door uh, during baseball games, like high school games tonight, which we'll have, and I'll be here until like 10 o'clock at night. No, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, for, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're able to get the keys. Let's uh, let's let's do Throwback Thursday. It's that time. What time is it? Damn time! What we gonna do right here is go back, way back, back into time. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? So ya thought ya might like to go to the show. Contestants, good luck. Now, question number one. Who discovered America? Dick York? Dude, if you have to ask, you'll never know. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. All right, your first question. 1588. That is correct. I like that was that was great, Trevor. Good, good. I, I, good. I struggled with that. I really did. I, I it took me a while to. I still not completely one hundred percent my best work, but uh, I had trouble finding the sound bites that I really, really wanted in the clean audio version. So I had to kind of go for Plan B. Well, it. I'm like I, I'm like Caleb Swan against Purdue. I I I like well, I, maybe that's his plan A. Just uh, in a in a different in a different way. He just wanted to mess with Tom Izzo all the way. <laughs> he just wanted to get one last jab in at his Big Ten rival before uh, finding his home destination. And that uh, Caleb Swanigan trivia will not be on Throwback Thursday. Although I guess not, not now. Maybe in was, ten years it will. Where did he originally commit? Uh, and that that question, the answer to that, obviously Michigan State. All right, Trevor. All right. Uh, so here's how here's how we play. I give you an event. All the events I give you happened in the same year. There seemed to be some confusion on that last time. Yes, I understand. All these happened in the same year. Now, the way you win is if you get it early on in the in the in the process. So, if you can guess the year after the first clue, uh, you win a better prize. Although we don't have prizes right now, uh, you, you win bragging rights. Now, if it takes you four to five clues, then that's not that's not so good. Okay. I got it. I can name that year in two clues. Two clues. All right, and and then we, you know how we like to do it. I like to mix in a world event 
And then something related to sports, uh, generally UK, this one is UK. Okay. So maybe next time I'll try to throw in some Louisville, this and that. All right, so would you like to start with the UK one or the the world event? Are you going to make it two? Uh, Let's go... Let's go with UK. Let's start with UK right off the bat. All right. Kentucky wins gold at the Olympics in London. 1936. Wrong. So stupid. <laughs> Here's your world event. Warner Brothers shows the first colored newsreel, and it's the Rose Bowl Parade. 1944. Wrong. Now you're on number three. UK wins the national championship by beating Baylor. I know the era. Uh, 1948? Yeah, you got it. (laughs) I am the smartest man alive! (laughs) So it only took you three. That's better than I thought. Well, I knew the Olympics was in the 30s, 40s, so I was in the, uh, right away I knew the era I was in. I just couldn't remember exactly the four-year uh, rotation of the Olympics in that era. That was well, just... you got it. That, that was uh, that was that was better than I thought. The next clue was Al Gore and Richard Simmons are born. <laughs> Would have that have helped you out? Uh, probably not. No. <laughs> All right. Then the next one, Bear Bryant is coaching UK football. I would and... have known that was the uh, yeah because he he went to the uh, Junction Boys in I think what 54, 52, 50, something like that. Yeah. It, and this, and there's more to that clue. Bear, Bear Bryant, while coaching UK football, is in between bowl seasons: the year before the Great Lakes Bowl, the year after the Orange Bowl. So I don't, I don't know if that would have helped you or not. No, 50s when he beat Oklahoma, wasn't it? In the Sugar Bowl, I think it was 50 or 51 was yeah. the Sugar Bowl win. And then the next one: Red River against the Wind, Hamlet and Macbeth all appear in theaters. <laughs> If you'd asked me who wrote some of those, I could have told you, I told you that maybe, but not uh, the year they were released in theaters. And then Ralph Beard, part of Rupp's Fab Five, scores 476 points as UK's leading scorer that season. I Again, that would have given me a, a template of the era that I'm working with, but not an exact year. The first one gave I – I knew that UK had, had represented the Olympics in the, in the 30s. Or 30s, 40s. I knew it was in that era, so I knew I was at least... Once I got in that first one, at least I knew the era of the first one, I knew I was going to be pretty good. And I didn't really want to miss the third one when you said it was a championship because that would have been really bad for me not to remember every year UK won a national championship. But some of them I do get confused in those early years. Didn't know they beat Baylor, though. I didn't realize that. I never even realized that. I didn't realize that either. That I, I, I know they won the championship that year. I didn't know who they beat. Uh, but it turns out I that they it beat was... Seattle in that time with Elgin Baylor was, or was that forty like forty six or something, or was that in the fifties? That was fifty six, I think, actually. Well, now I've actually seen some conflicting reports on the date they beat Baylor. One, I saw that it was early March. Now the another one, okay. Uh, one, I saw that it was March thirteenth. This one, I see March twenty third, and then after they beat Baylor, they played Louisville four days later for Olympic trials. Then they played Baylor again for Olympic trials just five days later. And then they played the Phillip Oilers. And they lost three of four to the Phillip Oilers. Uh, and those were, one was in the Olympic trials, the other were exhibitions. But then they end up going to the Olympics anyways and, and beating a bunch of people. Uh, beat France in the gold medal game. Won that game 65-21. to 21. Other members of that Final Four were Kansas State and Holy Cross. And the only thing I can tell you is I'm sure Bob Cousy was the point guard of Holy Cross. Fun facts. Fun fun times. Uh, Kentucky, they did play Louisville in the Olympic trials. I don't know if they played them during the season, actually. Uh, but I wonder if that was a nice little rivalry game to play Louisville back in March 27, 1948. That might have been the day of the Sweet 16 game. Last year, trying, certainly around I'm that time. Trying to see if I could bring up their schedule for that season, and I can't uh, find it on the Basketball Reference. Apparently, they don't list that season that far back. Well, anyways, uh, that's uh, so. That's the trivia for this week. We'll do it again next Thursday. You know, they only had to beat three teams to win a national title. <laughs> the way we'll 
do the game is if you can get it in the first three. Trevor, you've kind of set the benchmark. If you can get in the first three, you're a winner. If you don't, if you get it in four, no blood. If you if you have to get it after four clues, then we deem you a loser. Well, of course I set the benchmark. You know why? I am the smartest man alive! That's why. I can't. I cannot confirm that. Uh, Brun DMC tweeted in something earlier I meant to get to. Uh, that that is pretty interesting to me. Pedro Martinez says in 2004, Manny Ramirez would spike drinks with Viagra throughout the Red Sox clubhouse. Does that really come as a surprise to you, knowing how kind of I don't want to say crazy, but off the wall your uh, beloved Red Sox were when they started winning? They ended the underdog role and started their first of couple World Series championships. I. I I love the old Red Sox shenanigans. Yeah. I like the eating fried chicken and drinking beer in the clubhouse. What was their What was their two word motto for that season? What was it? Cowboy up. Was that? That was one of the questions at Sports Jeopardy tryout. I did not. I did. I did not know that. That's oh, interesting. Don't worry, I got it wrong at the time. And there's some there's some interesting news going on in Lexington that I think has to do with two keys. Although I can't get uh, while I'm trying to double task, I can't find out exactly what's going on. Obviously, you ever been to two keys, Trevor? Uh, I, I've been there, but not really remember ever going there. Does that make sense? I the, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I've, I've been told I was there. I've so I have proof that I had been there in a previous evening, but I don't ever really recall going there. Understandable. Uh, so I don't know exactly what happened, but I've seen multiple people uh, talk about it. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. So it, today's show, we obviously talked about Caleb Swanigan and his decision to decommit for Michigan State. Spent a lot of time on that. Uh, then we played a, a nice little round of trivia. Also talked a little bit more recruiting. Trevor, I haven't laid out any hot takes on Tom Brady and Deflategate, have I? <laughs> no, you have not. You've uh, you've kept it to yourself at this point. And uh, granted, that's more than a three hundred page uh, explanation is is done. And I and I'm sure everybody listening has just been waiting for for me of all people because you can't really find much on this stuff. You know, not everybody's talking about it. No, no. I mean, it's I, I've been listening to Sports Talk Radio the last couple of days, and I haven't heard them mention it once. Yeah, and, and that's and that's that's why I'm about everybody get your get your oven mitts, Trevor. Talk about flying under the radar. Exactly. <laughs> uh, here's here's what the only thing I'm going to say about it because everybody's talking about it, and 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 who really cares? Um, there's talks, and there's some whispers that maybe he's going to get suspended an entire season. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He, he, maybe he should get suspended. But first off, every team, not just the Patriots. Uh, as much as people would like to have you believe every team cheats in some way. It just, it's turning out that maybe the Patriots aren't the best at it because they've gotten in trouble, but every team cheats all of them, NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, college, football, college, basketball, high school, every competitive team cheats in some way. In some way. It might be very, very minor. It might be the biggest, most scandalous way to cheat ever. You're such but a yeah, glass-half-full type of guy. But people bend the rules everywhere. And that could even even go further maybe into life, where everybody cheats in life somehow. Not necessarily on relationships. That's what everybody's probably going to draw to. I cheat on my diet. But people cheat. It, it, people are kind of just born to be cheaters in a sense. And certainly when you're competitive, when you're going to put a competitive stake and have such a long list of rules. But besides that, besides the fact that every team and every sport cheats somehow, we're going to talk about it being a big deal that some footballs were deflated. Why do they care how inflated or deflated the footballs are almost to a certain, you know, to a certain extent where you can't go out there with a flat football, although you wouldn't want it flat. Why do they care, Trevor? Who cares if he wants his balls at 11 PSI or whatever it is? 
I, I think it when this originally came out, I gave kind of the same point that I did then. I think it matters because it does. I mean, it does affect the game. I mean, now in this case, it didn't affect the game. It didn't clearly it didn't affect the game because the Colts. It affected the game if the Colts, it, the, the deflated balls took like four of their defenders out of the game and they were playing, you know, four men down. But if it's a close game and you're down to like a touchdown catch to win the game, if that ball's got a little less air in it, it makes it a little easier for a guy to grab a ball with one hand possibly than it would be if a ball had, you know, completely full full of air the way it's supposed to be. But now, so, but in the case of why of them being caught doing it. That's what I think is so funny about it because it didn't affect the game. It had no effect whatsoever on that game. Okay, but what you know, what it shows is that they were probably cheating. They had deflated balls throughout the entire season. Quite but, possibly. But who cares? Other people, if, if, maybe. So if if one offense wants to have their balls partially deflated, why? Why then let the other offense do it too? And then who cares? Oh, the the NFL, which has just turned into this offensive juggernaut of a league which it almost seems like that's the only thing it cares about is putting an emphasis on scoring. So you want to you want to let the offense do what it wants and make the make their quarterbacks comfort, comfortable and maybe make receiving a little bit easier especially on cold days. Who can why is that a rule? Why is that something that's a big deal? That's what I don't understand. I, I don't agree with the whole if they do it let somebody else do it cuz that's like if you say well if they want to stick them let the other team stick them. You can't go by that that one philosophy though. You can absolutely go by that one philosophy when it comes to deflating a football, partially, minorly, a little bit. I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get if you let every team do it. Now, putting stickum on your glove is different. That's, you know, that's that, that's flat out cheating. It but was. It wasn't a, until 1982. But but a football is not. Let, let a quarterback be comfortable with something that he's going to have in his hands the entire game. And each team has their own set of footballs. When the Patriots are on offense, they have their own. When the Colts go on offense, they have their own. I think the point of this whole story, if they're cheating, then you know they should be punished to some extent. Like you said, it probably didn't matter in that game. Uh, suspending Tom Brady a season would just be another very idiotic thing. You know who else they suspended a season? Um, Sean Payton. Uh, well, which yes. by the way, he didn't deserve it either for a year suspension for for Bounty Gate. But uh, who did you have in your mind? Well, I guess uh, Ray Rice. Yeah, yeah, he got suspended. I don't think deflating a football and uh, and going uh, and Vander Holyfield on your fiance are completely the same thing, though. Adrian Peterson suspended a year. He did play one game though. Well, and and got my fantasy Ray, team a whole seventy three yards, baby. So, and whether or not those guys should have been suspended, should have not been suspended, and we don't even know what Tom Brady's suspension is going to be. But you have those just don't really seem comparable because a quarterback wants to be comfortable with the football that he's going to be holding the whole game. The, what, I, what, I, what blows us up the most is it's the Patriots who have been caught doing other cheating antics in the past. If it was the Jaguars, or just I should pick a team that's at least winning but not winning, as, but hasn't been caught. A team that's been successful but hasn't been ever caught cheating, it wouldn't be as big a deal. But the fact it's now, this isn't strike one or strike two, for God's sakes, under Bill Trick. This is strike three, technically, of, of being caught breaking a rule, whether it be minor or not. But again, everybody's cheating, though, Trevor. Is Abe trying to get out of his cage in the background? He is out of his cage. I can hear the noise of the uh, the door in the background. I've heard it a couple times in the past, and I didn't want to say anything till now. Yeah, I need to. I need. I'm working on getting a microphone, so I'm going to do that here soon. So hopefully, you won't hear that. And also, we're doing a bunch of stuff around the house, so we haven't. I haven't really been able to take my office in all the way yet. Uh, but a lot, a lot of moving pieces here, Trevor. Sorry. Also getting a also getting a fence put in the backyard. Yeah, new awning apparently. I'm gonna have to get the new awning. I can't believe that happened. I got one last question for you. We got a couple minutes left, and we've talked so much about Caleb Swanigan. I want to kind of finish with that, not to take you off of the uh, Tom Brady ball deflation. But you mentioned Purdue going into a possible top twenty-five if they bring in Caleb Swanigan. Where does this rank now? Their recruiting class, which he would be a five-star added to a very thin class, with only a three-star of Grant Weatherford and a three-star Ryan Klein. But IU was a top twenty recruiting class, and they really only had the one five-star kid, Thomas Bryant. That they'd certainly probably be in the top thirty. Okay. 
I don't know exactly where they would finish. Uh, it's it, it would be you know it'd probably be similar to to that Indiana class. Who who exactly do they have? I'm I'm trying to pull it they up have, here. Well, they have two three star kids: Grant Weatherford, a point guard out of uh, somewhere six one uh, Hamilton Heights High School, and out of Carmel High School, which I'm assuming is Chicago. Ryan Klein, a three star shooting guard. Carmel are, is Indi- Carmel's Indianapolis. Oh, I was thinking of. Well, Don McNabb went to a Carmel High School in Chicago, so that's what I was thinking. Carmel is a ginormous high school in Indianapolis. So, there's uh, numerous that, so, ones, apparently. <laughs> so they would it would probably be just at the back of the uh, of the top twenty, or in the twenties. So twenty, maybe twenty sixth, twenty seventh, around that, if they were to get them. But you go to Purdue's rivals page, and they're decked out with Caleb Swanigan stuff. <laughs> hope they they're, also, I hope they're not putting the horse before the cart before, horse before the, the cart before the horse. Excuse me, if I can spit it out correctly. I mean, their last few stories and tweets, or at least their last few tweets, are all about Caleb Swanigan, and, and, and Jeff Goodman says that maybe they should be excited. We'll learn more about UK's interest in this in the next few, the next day, likely. Probably by tomorrow's show, we'll, we'll know a little bit more about it. And hopefully tomorrow you'll teach us a little about John Petty as well. I, 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 I did a story on John Petty today, and he's a 2017 guy, which, you know, I've, I've got to write about people when they get offers, but... Imagine me doing some stories on 2015 guys back in 2013. Imagine me doing a, a Malik Newman story back then. You know, it, it's fun to get the update in real time, but you have to realize how long these recruitments go and how how so much can change. <laughs> Tell that but to Tom Hizzo right now. <laughs> it, it is fun to look back, though. All right, but we're out of time. Abe's ready to go out. Abe's getting pretty excited, so that's uh, that's how I know it's probably time to wrap it up. But thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, 1450, the Sports Buzz. We'll see you then. Take a shot of tone. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to be G in my zone. High time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going right. High time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun.